This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, what the person would like to speak about this month is the Mari Rav. Most of you probably never heard of him. Um, he was a rabbi, a rabbi or the rabbi of the Beis Yosef, and was involved in one of the greatest controversies ever, uh, Pulmus Asmicha. Um, the the information, like always, like to start by saying where I got my information from. Um, out all of it is in a kuntres called Smichas Kenim. It's a kuntres that was put out by the antagonist, the Mari Beirav, the Marbach, um, where he brings the letters that the Mari Beirav had written to him and, um, and what he wrote back to him. And a lot of the information, almost 90% of what we know comes from there. People have written articles about it, very, very little in terms of Chiddush, very little new information, a um, little bit controversy how to learn, you know, how to understand the letters exactly, there's a bit of the chronology, and like all history, how to interpret the, the, the whole picture. Well, let, let's start from the beginning of Marie Beirav's life. His name was Rabbi Yaakov Beirav. He was born in Spain um, in uh, 1474. Then he writes himself, so we have we have that information. At the time of the Spanish expulsion in 1492, he was 18 years old. He ended up in Fez in Morocco, and was the rav of a city, a community of 5,000 families. So he was recognized as a, a tremendous Talmud Chacham. Um, and to, to become a rov of that city and of, of that age, there were people, many people much older than him, and he was the recognized Hamid Chacham. His own rebbe was the Riavuhav, was quoted many times the tour, and um, that's that's um, one station, the first station of life that we know about, and with tremendous amount of chshivas. We don't know much more the dates and so on, but he ended up in Eretz Yisrael. He ended up, um, he was in Shlaim for a while, to, went to Cairo, ended up in Sfas, and um, spent the rest of his life basically in Sfas. His, um, he was considered, Sfas at that time, you're talking about the early 1500s, from Spanish expulsion and onwards, and Sfas was... <coughs> An extraordinary center of Torah. Um, the Beisayzim, the Rizal, the Ramak, uh, Chaim Vital, uh, the Mabit, the Ramashal Sheikh, the Balachredim, on and on and on. All these people were there uh, a little early, later. This, this, was, this was the heyday. Sfas was really the capital of the world in Torah at that point. Yerushalayim was a small city, a poor city. And Tzfas um, definitely had the crown, the Kesatayra. The Marie Beirav gathered a group of people together and they decided to be Mechadish Smicha. Now, um, we know this from the letters that followed 
um, from the Malbach and so on, we'll get to them soon, but he decided to Mecharis Micha. It's based on a Rambam. The Rambam says, it's in Hilchah Sanhedrin, um, Perik Dalad, that if all Chachmi Yisrael got together, he says that over there, he says the Pirosh Pashais also, he's bothered by the following question, the Rambam. The Rambam is bothered by, since Smicha of Sanhedrin can only be Mipi, somebody who's a Samuch, then how are we ever going to have um, a Sanhedrin again? Smicha, it stopped, and to start it again, you need Musmachim. So how's it going to happen? He brings Psukim, a Pasuk in, in, in um, the Pesach of Shais, he speaks about that curve to the Zman HaMashiach will be Chirish Sanhedrin again. So how is that possible? So, he's, so the Ramam says in, in Pesachais, and he says in Halacha, royally that if all Chachm Yisrael got together and they decided to give smicha, their smicha would be a smicha. Um, and then he's, there's another line over there in Halacha about, you know, if, uh, we need one musmach or three musmachin, v'adovet tzorech hechreya. And I need to, um, I'm not sure 100%. But, uh, and the Ramam writes, so why were they so much stire that they couldn't be mechadish smicha? The Gemara says they went to extraordinary lengths to try and make, and make musmach. Why don't you just um, renew smicha? So the Rambam says, because the, 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 there was times of Muhammad, the Chachm Yisrael was spread out, and the male they couldn't do it. So it's so the Rambam says that if all Chachm Yisrael got together, they could start the smicha process. So the Maribe Rav gathered around um, his his Talmidim and they decided to, they, they, that they're going to start the smicha again. They felt that this was the center of Torah, and there was no place in the world that such a large concentration on Chom existed. They, they, they are as good as Kol Chachm Yisrael, and they gave smicha to Marie Beirav. Um, the Marie Beirav then sent a letter to Yerushalayim, to two people. He sent a letter to a um, Talmud of his, Moshe de Castro, um, telling him about what he had done, expecting him and asking him to help him um, fight any any resistance. And he sent a letter to the person who was the um, chief rav of Yerushalayim, named the Marlbach, and the Marlbach. Was Reb Levi Ibn Chaviv. Um, his he was a son. His father wrote in Yaakov, and he was his son. He'd also been born in Spain, um, exiled, um, and uh, I think through Portugal, if I'm not mistaken, ended up in Yerushalayim, and he was recognized as the God of Yerushalayim. The the relationship between the Malbach and the Maribi Rav had been. Um, difficult. They they had had many many disagreements in halacha, chuvas back and forth, very strong, sharp back and forth. But um, he sent him a smicha as well. 
you know, appointing him as a, uh, you know, as as the Musmach of the best. What was this? What was the purpose? What was the purported reason? Why, you know, why did he want to do smicha? So, this is printed in the smicha skenim. Smicha skenim includes letters back and forth between. The Maribi um, Rab's first letter, the reply by by uh, Castro, and the replies are Al-Bach back and forth two or three times. And he writes like this: Many Jews had been in Spain, and they had um, they had uh, converted to Christianity under duress. Many many people didn't couldn't hold out, and they converted. The um, the the uh, they now had left Spain. They want to do tshuva, and they're stuck because having to do tshuva. So they said the following. So so they came up with the following mahalach. <coughs> the Mishnah says that chayve krisis shenilku are from krisis. So anybody who is chayve krisis, but he gets malchus. He's Potter. So we're going to um, create a, a Besden. We're going to be able to give these people Malchus, and they will now feel much better. They'll feel that they want to scap on all their various. That's the reason for it. Um, he expected Ramosha Castro to be very supportive. It was his Talmud. And the Malbach, he was, I think, was waiting to see what the response would be. Amosha Castro also criticized the, the, the reasoning, and he came up with the following counterpoint. He said, if you're going to have a Bezdin, you may need to start doing Kiddush HaChadosh, and then we're going to start running some real problems. You, will, you won't do it. Some people have this yontiv, some have that yontiv. It's, it's, you don't know what you're getting into, and that's a reason to stop. Another point of contention, back and forth, and again, this goes through all the letters, is the first line of reasoning. The first line of reasoning was that all these chayvikrisas, they would get malchus, they would become potter. Now, first of all, it's not clear what chayvikrisas, what are you talking about? What are you talking about exactly? Um, being moedet of a zerah bepeh has a din of chayvikrisas. It's hard to know what, what exactly, it's not clear. But they had a different taina. They said, you can't come to Bezdin and ask for Malchus. I mean, you need Edom Nasra, and a person cannot, on his own, Haidas Baldin, Russia, and you can't, you, you know, Haidas Baldin does not work for Malchus. Um, the the uh, Mariberav had an interesting uh, approach. He said, if you're going to do it for Tshuva, there's no Einarmasas in Russia. He's coming in order to get Shuva and so on. Back and forth in halachi issue. The back and forth letters cover about a hundred pages of not particularly big writing. And it's printed in back of the Shah Zachuvis Marlbach. Um, the letters start cordial, and it sounded as if in the beginning they didn't think it would go public. At some point, those letters became sharp to a degree that you've never seen. Um, extraordinarily, extraordinarily harsh language 
back and forth um, about uh, about each other, very personal. Um, the 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 Marie um, Berav writes him a line as follows: that first of all, each one writes why they think that they are royal, to, and, and you know they like the the Marie Berav writes that it was a rough at the age of eighteen in Paz, and people are bigger and and they took him, and so on and so forth. The Malbach writes about him being the Chach Mishlaim, and so on. Very, very strong emphasis, you know, credential presenting. But the, 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 the Marie Beirav writes, Baruch Hashem, I never wavered my faith and was, was strong and, and didn't, uh, you know, do anything wrong. There was a sensation there. The Malbach had pro forma um, converted. And the Malbach was very hurt by that. And he wrote back very sharply. He says, I was not Chayev, I was under 20 when it happened, uh, and, and this and that, and, and, and uh, you know, I've been all my life in terror. So very, very sharp. And the language goes back and forth, extremely sharp, extremely harsh. I mean, to, to a degree that's almost possible, that's just not repeatable. The question is, um, why? Um, this, so this, let's get first a sense of what happened. These le- two or three months after he, he was Nismach, he had to run away um, to, to Damascus. And he writes that, it, it, it's not clear what happened, but he writes that what happened to me was like something that happened to Yehuda ben Bava, which means that we tried to give smicha, they cannot killed him. The question is, was it because he gave smicha, or was it some other Indian, some monetary issue that he just felt it was because he gave smicha? He writes that two or three people massed on him, and he doesn't forgive them, and Ashkash Baruch should pay them back in kind. Um, not um, clear which story. It's also not clear if he ran away once. Or he ran away um, a few, or, or he ran away once and then came back and ran away a second time. He saw that if he's not going to do something, um, the whole smicha project will come to an end. And he was he gave smicha to four more people. One of whom was the Beis Yosef. Um, a second one was the Mabit. Those two we know. Two others less famous. Somewhere along the line. Um, Reb Chaim Vital also got smicha. Reb Moshe got smicha and Chaim Vital. It's not clear. Um, it, it, smicha lasted just another generation or another generation and a half or so. But certainly the Beis Yosef was Nismach. Um, and the Mabit. The uh, Mabit wrote very strong letters um, uh, uh, holding up the covet of the Marie Beirav. Um, and it's not clear if all Chochmei fast remains so steadfast or not. The Marie Beirav had to run away at the end f- totally. Um, he died three years later. He died in 1541, I think it is. Where the Smich was in 1538. In 1541, it was Nifta. The um, the Beis Yosef, the Magid, tells the Beis Yosef, in his safe, in his, in his, in his, uh, of the Magid, he tells him that you deserve, you have a tremendous schar waiting for you, 
that you are most nefesh to renew the smicha again. Um, so obviously that it made a roshim uh, somewhere, and the beisayev was very involved in it. He wasn't just a passive recipient; he was very involved with in it. So uh, we have here um, an incredible uh, uh, tug of war between Tutstadim, Tugugdoyla Eilam. Um, the the Beis Yosef, who Shacharach we live off, got smicha. He never writes about it in Shacharach. Not Beis Yosef doesn't doesn't write about it, um, and yet it's a very very um, it, it, the whole thing's mysterious. They they try to keep it quiet for a while. They were scared of opposition. Um, at the end of the day, once the Malbach came out against it, so. It automatically was considered that you don't have all Chachmei Yisrael, even though my Berav tried to sign it at Rubam Kekulam, but it didn't, it, so there was a few people that got the smicha, but it never really took off. Um, the question is, what, what really was behind it? I mean, it, it, this, giving Malkis to the Danusim, uh, okay, it's, it's very important, but it's, 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 it's a long stretch in Halacha. So we have a, a little bit of a clue from the Malbach's response. The Malbach writes, again, this is part of the contrasim. There are two things that um, I. There are two things that I saved um, Jewry and Israel from. One is the psuris hashaitim. Kiyadua and so on, um, which sounds very much like just the tone of everything that there was there was a Mashiach Sheker floating around, getting people riled up about the Gula, and he put a stop to it. The um, you have to understand this was a tkufa after Spanish expulsion. Spanish expulsion was still fresh in everybody's mind. It had happened in 1492, and people were. Still shell shocked. It's the major branch of Judaism had just disappeared. Spain, Portugal, where the, the Iberian Peninsula was probably the main issue of Israel, and it's gone. So people were very shell shocked, and it was ripe for a very for for messianism of different types. And someone had obviously appeared claiming to be Mashiach with Nevoas and things, and the Malbach put a stop to it, um, however he did it, but that's what he seems to mean that the psuas are shaitim. The second thing he said was, the smicha that I stopped. Um, I believe, and it seems most people understand it, that the smicha is, was seen as a way to bring Mashiach. In other words, since the Ramam says that ksomach termetkufas a Mashiach, there will be a chiddush of smicha. So, so it was seen as hastening the coming of Mashiach. In other words, um, the most uh, people, uh, sort of non from historians, they chalk it up um, as as uh, a fight between, a very personal fight, and and you know, kedarkom betuma not bekoidish. They everything is a personal quarrel between people. 
and therefore it was a personal quarrel whether Tzfas is, is more Chashev, Yishlaim is more Chashev, Yishlaim was a very, was, was small Yishuv, was doing well, Tzfas was doing very well, and that's how they interpret this whole thing, uh, so that's the world they live in, that's how they interpret everything around it. But what does seem to be the bigger picture is because if you look at the halachic issues, they go back and forth different things. It doesn't seem that that should be the pressing point. It seems that they saw in this a mahalach to, 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 to bring Mashiach. They saw it as a mahalach that's sort of a segue to Mashiach. The Malbach, on the other hand, was very, very weary of this whole idea of provoking Mashiachs. If, like he said, he said two things that you know I, I you know I hope remains like and stands instead for me is one is the, that I was Menepsos Hashaytim, the second one the Smicha also seems to be um, both of them seem to be sort of Mashiach oriented. That's really what it seems to be. And uh, and the Malbach at the end of the day um, stopped it. So even though we had a little bit of trickle, and some people trace another door, another two doors, but that's it. It's clear that that within 50, 60 years, there was gone. The Talmidim didn't want Masach anybody else, and so on. And there were claims that secretly there were a lot more people. I, hard, you know, it's very hard to, to get a handle on these things. But Al Kaponim, the big, the, the big parasha was over, uh, basically with his Ptira, or with his running away from Tzfas. The Maribi Rav left us in terms of Sfarim. He had written a um, he, he had written a sefer. Uh, he had written a sefer on kedushin that we have, kedushin and kedushin. It's printed. We have it. There are tshuvas, but it seems to be a, a fraction of the tshuvas that he had really written. Somebody had gathered together the tshuvas, but it seems to be a small portion of what he written. He also. Um, started to write a Pirush on the Rambam where the Magad Mishnah did not write one. Um, the Kesem Mishnah was a Talmud of his, so there was no Kesem Mishnah when he was around. But, but the Magad Mishnah had written, a, he had written on the Rambam, the Makarius stone. There were places he didn't write, so the Marie Birav wrote. He wrote on Sefer Mad, on Sefer Zroyim, that's all, and then he was Nifta. That was and they they put it out at some some point, uh, but Lamai said that's what he left over. Um, it's an incredible parsha. It, it's one of those big machlokes, and when people speak about terrible machlokes today, if you if you look at them, if you go through those consciousness, the, the language that they used pale anything we have pales in comparison to it. The um, the the they with cloud they were both very sharp. And even the previous machlokis they had, the lashonos are very sharp. What's interesting, though, is that even after having many sharp machlokis, they always keep coming back to a very cordial relationship, and and um, it, you know it, it 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 almost seems as if the machlokis on the on the etzim inyan were extremely sharp, but there's always um, sort of uh, a pius at some place. And it seems as if in other areas it didn't become personal. Um, there are Lashonis, different places where they treat each other with tremendous respect. Um, the the, the uh, Marlbach had some Dintiris, and he asked to send, 
his case to the Marie Birab, the Marie Birab should ask him what he thinks about it. So obviously he, he held the Marie Birab with tremendous esteem. But in terms of, these, of, of the halachic, there's a get maisa, an akuna maisa, a few different things where, where the machlokas were extremely sharp. In, in, this, in, this, in these kontresim, in this smichas kenim, everything pales in comparison to that in terms of the sharpness of it. it it's really, really incredible um, w- w- the language they used. But I think the reason was if, for this reason. According to the Marie Birav, this would bring Mashiach. This was an Ashas HaKoyesha that Yisrael never had. All Chachmei Yisrael in one place in Yisrael. So let's move. Let's do something about it. The, the Malbach was very weary about this. And anything to do with Mashiach usually ends up to be a disaster. Um, and Bimela, he did everything he could to oppose it. So the sharpness of the shyness and the attacks are probably a result of how strongly each person felt about how vital this is. The Marie Birav felt the key of Kaisal is tolerant this to, to take Kaisal out of Golas, out of such a terrible Golas. They just finished the Inquisition, destroyed a big part of Kaisal. It's enough, we need Mashiach. And the Malbach's cook, that that type of we need Mashiach is asking for a terrible disaster. Um, the thing that we have out of it is um, that the Sefer that we use as the Psach and Kal Yisrael, the, the, the Shulchan was written by somebody with Tzmicha, uh, according to Samshitis, but Akapanim, Halei of all the people, he had Tzmicha. The, um, the uh, other person, Chaim Vital, who wrote up the Ksavna Rizal had smicha. So, so, so Hashkocha somewhere along the line um, had two people who's, who's, who are pillars in Kali Yisrael of Torah. The Torah of the, um, of the Shavaruch and the Torah of Chaibital. They were, they both had smicha. Maybe that was the Hashkocha. I don't know. You know, we don't know. It's, it's, but it's Aleidavahu. Um, the uh, Marie Berav was nifta on Chavtes uh, Nissen. The outside said a month from now. Um, in like we said, in uh, in uh, 1541, um, an, incredible, an incredible tkufa um, closed with it. It was the last three years of his life that this this whole thing went on. Um, it's it possibly machlokas like that wouldn't happen for a long time to come. Such a such a sharp machlokas into two such gedolim, um, you know, of, of such stature, is is um, you know maybe somewhere further along the line, various neibishits and emdin. And it's interesting, all the machlokas and the huge machlokas and klaisel of the gedol Yisrael, where Yaakov emdin neibishits, the gra and the and baltanya the balshemtev. They, they all were around the same Indian. On the one hand, a desire to push through something that could possibly be a, a profound Shinian Kali Yisrael, Chesidus and so on, Kabbalah, Chesidus, these things, versus a tremendous fear of Mashiach Sheker. You know, it was, it, it, each one saw this as being the absolute survival of Kali Yisrael, and therefore you, you were out, you know, to you were out to push as hard as you could. 
Al Kaponim, today we have both Sfarim are us, are by us. We, we have the Malbach and the Bibirav. This Kuntris, if anybody wants to look at it, it's called Smichas Kainim. It's in the back of Chubas Malbach. And it's long, very long, but but long. Each each halach argument is long. You can skim through it and see what the, what's the point they're talking about. Um, since the Malbach put it out, there are tainus. He, he gets the last word in. There are tainus that the Mirbarab had a conscious to answer it that wasn't printed. We, they didn't print it. I, I don't know. You know, the, all these things are things that it's, if it's not, if it's not if we don't have it, it's hard to tell. But um, but Akapanim, that's the that was the Mariberav and the Pulmas of the of the smicha.